Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. America. I am not an umpire. I am a free man. Wiggins America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. It's the weekend. We're still talking about Iowa caucuses, even though we're actually closer, much closer now, to the New Hampshire primary. Welcome to Wiggins America. Yes, we are going to play some clips from the caucus simply because Donald Trump won it so big that there's not a whole lot of analysis to do. I know that that's what we're supposed to do. The caucuses are done. Or the cockeye. Is that how you pronounce it? What am I supposed to do? I'm looking at a producer like there's a producer standing here. There's not. There's no, nobody's going to help me pronounce caucus correctly. We have some clips. I'm going to run through those, and we're going to set up New Hampshire. Uh, the first one, though, <clears throat> is simply the narrative this week a little bit, I would say, is that Donald Trump has been a kinder, gentler Donald Trump, and maybe that's what being so far ahead has allowed him to do. I don't know, but that's not like him. Even when he's that far ahead, he usually shows no mercy, and he goes after his opponents until they are pummeled quite thoroughly. But that is not what we heard on Monday night. Here is Donald Trump with a little bit of that speech. So it's now off to New Hampshire, a great place. We won it last time, and uh, we won it both times, and uh, we love it. The people are great. But you know the truth is the people in our country are great. They're all great. uh, We love Iowa, but they're all great. They only want to see one thing. They want our country to come back. They're embarrassed by what's going on. Our country is laughed at. All over the world, they're laughing at us. And they want our country to 
come back. They want America. You know, they want us to be great again. It's a very simple MAGA, make America great again. And then he went on to say some nice things about his opponents who lost DeSantis and Haley and Ramaswamy. You know, he, he, he probably at that point already knew that Ramaswamy was going to be dropping out and endorsing him. So nothing negative to say there, of course. But with Haley and DeSantis, you know, he's always bird, bird brain and DeSanctus and DeSanctimonious. And none of that was Monday night. So is this a new Trump? The big question I certainly hope it is. Uh, This is the Trump that can win a general election in November, and he is going to be the candidate. It's amazing right now that we're sitting in a place where the former president of the United States, in many people's eyes, has a better shot at getting his, his party's nomination than the current president of the United States. Because many people, I'm not one of them, but many people are saying there's no way Joe Biden is the Democratic nominee. Love to talk a little bit more later in the show about the third party candidates because it does look like Joe Manchin is going to jump into the race. He hasn't said that, but apparently this no labels party is already registered on the ballot in 12 states and counting, so he could play a role. We'll just see what that role might be. Are you looking forward to seeing a third party candidate on the debate stage? Possibly that could be RFK. It could be Joe Manchin. Uh, If it's Joe Biden and Donald Trump, Uh, Seeing somebody else up there would be kind of weird, I I admit. I I don't know that I would love that because, I don't know, I just would like to see (laughs) Trump-Biden go at it in 2024 because I think that would be the best for Republicans. I, I, I mean, that's the truth, but also I just think it would be the most entertaining to watch. So let's talk about Nikki Haley now. Now, she is saying that it's a two-person race. Now, on Monday night, I, th- I rolled my eyes at that. But going into New Hampshire, DeSantis isn't even trying in New Hampshire. So she's trying to frame it. Tonight, Iowa made this Republican primary a two-person race. Ah, it wasn't quite two-person, though, because Joy Reid, she had some things to say about what Iowa thinks about brown people which I guess includes Nikki Haley, you know, that, that's what she's saying. She's saying that white people, Iowans, hate brown people, Nikki Haley. To the point that you made, Steph, I mean, it, it's the elephant in the room. She's still a brown lady that's got to try to win in a party that is deeply anti-immigrant and which accepts the notion that you can say immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country. She's getting, you know, birthered by Donald Trump. Um, and I don't care how much the donor class likes her, which will yeah. ramp up a lot, the better yeah. she does in New yes. Hampshire. So it's still a challenge. I don't see how she becomes the nominee of that party with Donald Trump still around. I can't picture it happening. Maybe it could happen. Ron DeSantis's only argument for staying in it is he's the white guy that he can still make the appeal. I'm not sure there was a true statement in that entire diatribe. Not to be outdone, here's Rachel Maddow talking about Iowans as well. I don't think they like Iowa 
on the coasts. The American electorate is made up of two major parties. One of those parties has been flirting with extremism on the ultra-right for a very long time. They've brought them in in a way that they haven't been central to Republican electoral politics ever before, and I know because I've been studying this. But once you have radicalized one major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to your party, the leader's interchangeable. And yes, Trumpism is sometimes what we call it. Mm -hmm. MAGA movement is probably a better way to do it. But there is an authoritarian Mm -hmm. movement inside Republican politics that isn't being bamboozled by Trump. Mm -hmm. They are pushing Trump to get more and more extreme. It's those extremist authoritarians that are trying to keep their opponents off of the ballot. Wait a minute. I think I need to rewind. I think I said the wrong thing there. Well, you know, I mean, it would be an authoritarian move to try to keep your political opponent off the Democratic ballot, wouldn't it? And by Democratic, I mean because we're a democracy, not Democratic as in Democrat. Yeah, you know what? I think I'm, I'm missing the mark here because I'm trying to support Rachel, but I just don't know how to do that. Uh, Rachel Maddow would like to tell you why she did not air any of Donald Trump's acceptance speech on Monday night. Well, it's because she has priorities. And those priorities are to the truth. Um, At this point in the evening, the projected winner of the Iowa caucuses um, has just started giving his victory speech. Uh, We will keep an eye on that as it happens. Uh, We will let you know if there's any news made in that speech, if there's anything noteworthy, something substantive and important. Um, The reason I'm saying this is, of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. It is a decision that we regularly revisit. Um, And honestly, earnestly, it is not an easy decision. But there is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. That is a fundamental truth of our business and who we are. And so his remarks tonight will not air here live. We will monitor them um, and let you know about any news that he makes. So they have deemed themselves the arbiters of truth, of course, uh, because they they are smarter than you. You are not allowed to see something that could be untrue and discern that for yourself. They have to filter it for you. So they couldn't actually show somebody just speaking because you might believe something that they have deemed to be a lie. They are in charge of you. If you haven't figured that out yet, they know what's true, and they're going to let you only see what they deem to be true. Of course, they've never lied. <laughs> they've never pushed something like uh, COVID bat theory, uh, among many other things. I mean, I, I kind of want to go get the list. In fact, we'll talk about the list <clears throat> in just a minute here. I think we're going to take a break here in a minute, in a minute or after I play one more clip here. And we're going to talk about a new list that I'm developing that I need your help for. Because I've got a really, really thick list of lies that the media has told already. But I'm developing a new one. Talk about that in just a second. The last clip I want to play is from right here at home. It is J.B. Pritzker talking about Republicans. And you'd think, coming from Pritzker, it'd be positive, but it's not. Well, the message, again, among all these uh, candidates has been the same and bad for the American people. Uh, that's the point that I'm making. The The fact that they're all extremists is what I think is going to be most beneficial to Democrats who are, frankly, lifting up working families and doing the right thing for them. I'm not really sure where to start with that clip. Um, one is 
that you just keep using. I said this in weeks prior that the only thing they're going to make 2024 about is that Trump slash MAGA slash Republicans are authoritarian, they're dictators, they're insurrectionists, fill in the blank with one of those terms. They're not really going to talk about anything that they've done. So I guess I do have to give credit to J.B. Pritzker in that at the end of that clip, he does talk about something that he, he's saying that he's done. Is what I think is going to be most beneficial to Democrats who are, frankly, lifting up working families and doing the right thing for them. He doesn't really say how. Maybe he goes on to say that at the, at the end there, but I don't know. He, he just says that Democrats are lifting up working families. Uh, if you take exception to that, why don't you just add your name to the list of people who are going to be voting Republican in November if you think Democrats have been looking out for the working man and making sure that your dollar goes as far as possible. We're going to stop there because this is just the beginning of Wiggins America this week. Like I said, I got a list I want to talk about coming up next that I need your help with. And then we'll get old Roy in here. It's going to be a show. It's going to be a show. Here we are at the beginning of the year, looking down the barrel of 2024. It's just beginning. This is Wiggins America. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You know what I'm working on is trying to give more opportunities for feedback. Instead of just me talking at you, I'm trying to listen a little bit more. Of course, that's not the easiest thing to do when I'm in a studio and you're in your car or you're wherever you are. It's, it's you know, it's, it's one way by design. But I'm trying to open up to ways of communication, even if we're not taking phone calls. Here's a little, little secret. Wiggins America don't exactly have a whole bunch of producers. Ryan Wiggins runs his own board, <laughs> so uh, it's not the easiest thing to do like other shows do, um, that they're able to take more feedback and a lot more live streaming and stuff. We just can't really do a lot of that stuff. So uh, in, with that in mind, you can reach out to me on Facebook and Twitter for lack of a better way. And I do believe I had a website <clears throat> that was running for a little while, and the whole purpose of it was really just to have a place to connect with me that was outside of socials that still exists i think it's wigginsamerica.com if you go there i haven't been there in a long time but i have gotten messages through there so you can go there if you want to avoid the socials but on facebook you can follow me or you can message me on twitter at radio wiggins and i'll, I'll see whatever uh, happens on twitter and facebook pretty quick the messages take a couple days to come through sometimes but anyway, that's one way to communicate with me. Another one, though, is by letter. Now, I have not gotten a whole lot of regular letters, I think because people don't send letters. But I did get one 
this week. It says, Dear Mr. Wiggins, people are laughing at me, but I think you are the kind of person who will appreciate this completely new and innovative product. And now I'm going, oh, shoot, this is just an ad. But obviously it's not. I'm reading it. Okay. I have invented the text message by mail. It is geared toward aging baby boomers and those who have not mastered the science of phone text messaging. It will also appeal to those who are concerned that their digital text messages can be interrupted by foreign agents. Text messages by mail also cannot be tracked to reveal your whereabouts when they were sent. Most importantly, there will be uh, it will improve the U.S. Postal Service's finances. <laughs> I think most of this is a joke because what he has included here is just some postcards, <laughs> text message by mail. He says, okay, actually, I had 100 of these printed to mail to certain friends and acquaintances as a joke. Being somewhat of an off-the-wall person like me, I thought you would like a pack for your own use. Well, thank you, Ed. Uh, for sending these and the funny message, I have to admit, that was a pleasure to get when I got that earlier this week. It's just some postcards. They're just empty. They don't They don't say, there's not like pretty postcards. They're just empty postcards. And on the back, it says text message by mail. I thought that was pretty cute. And he's right. Foreign agents will not know what you send. I got to tell you, though, Ed, there's not anything that's pressing enough for me to send to somebody that I... I am hoping won't be intercepted by a foreign agent. You know, there's there's nothing that important or personal to me that I I can't put it in a text because I really at this point I I don't want people to be reading my texts who aren't intended to. But I can't tell you there's any real hidden information in any of them either. So you know I, I don't know when exactly I use these, but thank you. Wow, Wiggins America. We're going to talk more about caucuses in this show, of course, as we did last segment. But I want to mention something that I'm putting together. And this all ties together with your input here. I'm putting together a list. And I've already got a great one running for hoaxes. It's it's like 10 years almost now of what media would say. And then you'd find out later that it was completely false. And I've got a running list, and it's great. I'm not going to bring that into this segment, but maybe at some point. I wanted to make a different list, though, and I want to start adding to it. Right now, I only have three, but it's a topic that keeps coming up, and this is where I'm asking you to participate here, is these are things that when people say them, and specifically this list is Democrats say them, uh, it is actually the exact opposite of what that means. So they say one thing, but they're doing the exact opposite. Not just hypocritically, but the words themselves don't even line up with the actuality of what they are. If, if you're going, well, define this better for me. I'll, I'll give you the three that I have, and you can tell me which ones would be better. At Radio Wiggins on Twitter, or find me on Facebook, or again, WigginsAmerica.com. If that's still working, you can send me a message through there. The first one is gender-affirming. Now, when you hear that term in the medical community and really more in the political community, because that's where it's become a thing, it literally is the exact opposite of what the words mean. If you were gender affirming someone, you would be affirming what they already are. But instead, 
you are affirming their feelings to change what they are. So it is quite literally the exact opposite of what the phrase means, gender affirming. The second, nobody is above the law. Now, this is something that they keep saying when they're prosecuting and persecuting Donald Trump with the law. But when it comes to their own children, you think I think you know who I'm talking about right now, Joe Biden. When it comes to their own people, they are above the law. And we're seeing it play out in real time that every time you hear, well, you know, these rules don't just apply to average citizens. They apply to our leaders, too, except when you're a Democrat leader and your kid gets off with tax fraud for years and still is. Uh, when your kid gets off on all kinds of, of nepotism, it, it's gross. It's so gross to watch them say these things when you know they're doing the exact opposite. So that's number two. Number three is the Inflation Reduction Act. Democrats in Congress named a spending bill the Inflation Reduction Act. I don't think I really need to go into that anymore. <laughs> it, you already know. I, that's what it is. Uh, it was a bill telling us that it was intended to reduce inflation and all it did was spend more money that we didn't have. Those are the three that I have at the moment. Now, like I said, I know there are others. I know there's tons of other of those things that when they say it, they're doing the exact opposite. Or in the Reduction Act case, when it says it, it's doing the exact opposite. Anything like that, I really want to add to this list because it's one of those things that we talk about not just on the radio and in conservative circles, but it's it's one of those conversation points that when somebody brings up, for instance, if you're having a conversation with somebody about gender-affirming surgery, <clears throat> you could very easily, without being a jerk, step into that and go, you know, it's weird that we use gender-affirming when it's actually doing, it's actually changing someone's gender. So the words don't even make sense. You know, you could throw that out there, and obviously you're kicking the hornet's nest, but they already kicked it if they're bringing that topic up in a conversation, Right. So these kind of things I think are important to have a running list of so that we can refer back to it because it just keeps happening. And the more it happens, the more I want to document that it's happening so that we can refer back to all the times when you hear a new one. So let me know at Radio Wiggins or on Facebook, and I will definitely add those to the list. And we can come back either during the show, at the end of the show, or or next week, probably, more likely, when I can compile everything. And we could do this again. And I would love to do it right here in this segment so we can all kind of come together and be like, oh, look at all these new ones. Okay, so that's your assignment. We'll take a quick break here. We'll be right back with more on everything, including the caucuses, including Trump's dominance this week. 97.1 FM Talk. So old Roy has just bailed on me. I got to tell you, though, I feel bad for the guy. He's having some health issues. So uh, if you do pray, pray for old Roy. He is having some problems. And we miss him on the show. I like having him here, of course. That's why he's on every week. So hopefully he'll be back next week. So in lieu of the conversation that I was going to have with old Roy, which was about an article that I kid you not, it's about Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard. A couple weeks old story now, but I've been hanging on to this op-ed written by somebody from the New York Times 
or at least she's a writer who writes for the Washington Post and New York Times. I don't know if she's employed by them, but she writes for those publications. And it's about how MAGA couldn't stop Claudine Gay's black excellence or something along those lines. It has to do with entirely with race being why she was fired, which has literally not, even if you're like, yeah, it wasn't actually plagiarism. It was where her comments on uh, Israel versus Palestine, even if it was any of those things, it had nothing to do with her race. But there are people who are going to see it through a racial lens, no matter what, because that is what their job is. And um, it has nothing to do with MAGA. <laughs> do you think MAGA runs Harvard? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess you could say at least Stefanik was in there asking those questions. And she, if you want to say she's MAGA, I'd be a little bit surprised. But hey, that, maybe that's your angle. But man, was, what a stretch. Anyway, that's the art. I'm going to hang on to that because even though by next week it'll be pretty old news, I still just think it's amazing <laughs> to read some of these things. These are real people in the world that see life through a lens that you and I almost cannot understand. I, I like to try to understand. I'm just not sure that I do. I want to. So in lieu of that, uh, I had a conversation about this already. So I was going to talk about some polling and things uh, from the Iowa caucus going into New Hampshire this week. But instead of talking about that subject, I already did this subject in a Wiggins America on the Annie Fry show when Ryan Rucker was filling in. So I'm just going to play that back. American media export. Wiggins America. All right. The big winner coming out of Iowa caucuses was clearly Donald Trump. But you know who came in second? The polls. <laughs> See? That's much better. Slow clap radio. Yeah. Doing radio things. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Uh, the polls were very, very accurate for the Iowa caucuses. Surprise, surprise. So if you're wondering how accurate they were, for Donald Trump, he got 51% of the total vote. That was within 1% of his polling. Haley, 19%. That was within 1% as well. Ramaswamy, 7.7. His predicted results were 6.8, so he was within a point as well. The only person who outperformed those polls? Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. I told you he would. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good for you. He still was only at 21%. Outperformed. And they predicted him at about 15 or 16. So he did outperform them by 5%, which is to say something. But for the most part, The polls were pretty darn accurate. So the reason I bring that up is simply to walk you down this road that when you look at the general election polling, you can look state by state too, but it's easier to see in the general election polling. The last couple of them that I'm looking at here, Trump versus Biden. This is from INI and TIP. That's a uh, a major pollster. It's one of the more, more recent ones. Trump 41, Biden 40. So Trump plus one. But if you add in third-party candidates, Trump versus Biden versus Kennedy versus Manchin versus West versus Stein, and they also threw in somebody in there named Mapstead, who I don't even know who that is. But this is from that pollster, I and I and Tip. Trump then goes to plus three. So while while both of them lose percentages, Uh Trump loses less. Yes. That is the that, theme. Go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. 
that last name I think you meant to say placeholder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> play, someone yeah, else. Person. No one knows. <laughs> last name here <laughs> is the other person. Um, That's interesting to me, honestly, because they. How many times have you heard people say that the third party candidates benefit the Democrats? In this case, it does not seem to be the case. Well, you know what's interesting, Ryan, is that in the in in the very early polling. It looked like it either had no effect or maybe, maybe might benefit Biden a little bit. That has slipped in the opposite direction. And I'm not one of those people who thinks that this is going to make a major impact Mm -hmm. because if you have all those names, and it really depends because sometimes they'll just add in RFK or sometimes they'll just add in somebody like Jill Stein. But when you add all of them like that, including Mapstead, whoever that is, uh, that guy's barely polling, by the way. Surprise. Um, they, they, it does seem to favor Trump by a little bit. Another example, Reuters is Ipsos just came out too. general election, Trump versus Biden. It's a tie Trump versus Biden versus Kennedy Trump plus one. So he pulls from both of them, Mm -hmm. but he seems to pull from Biden more. Yeah. When you listed all those voters in that first poll are all those candidates, the Two third party candidates that are the three of three of them have actually declared. I don't know about Mapstead. Manchin is a maybe, but Cornell West is running. I don't know if he's on oh, every yeah. ballot. Jill Stein is running, which is ironic because Cornell West was originally running as Green Party. Now he's doing what, independent or something like that? Uh, yeah, that's been a strange story, but yes. Yeah, and then RFK is running. Yes. Outside of that, Joe Manchin has not declared and he says he doesn't want to play spoiler. And it's like, I don't know how you can run third party and not play spoiler. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what do you think right now about these third-party candidates? Do they are they a factor? Do they ha- anybody have an actual chance, or are they just spoilers? I think much like you've seen in every other election, you're going to find that it's fun to look at it early on, and then when push comes to shove, all you got to say is there's too much at risk here. You can't throw your vote away on a third party. So you're going to have to vote for fill in the blank candidate. That's your main affiliation, Republican Democrat. And I think that'll essentially play out that way. I don't think there's any uh, Ross Perot's here. Uh, I don't see any of them being major factors. Ross Perot was a cool dude, all things considered. I don't know if there's any documentaries about him out there, but I find whenever a YouTube video comes up about him, I, I watch it with great enjoyment. He was a very special guy. I don't see any of these candidates that as special as a guy like that, that actually was able to pull away from an election. So I think it's fun to speculate and look at it now just because we're in that mode of there's still a lot of you know Republican candidates still on the ballot, even though we know the direction it's going. But when it narrows its way down, it's pretty much going to be funneled out. When, my my respect goes to Dana Carvey for doing a great Ross Perot because that's how I remember Ross Perot the most. <laughs> um, let me let me throw this out there though. This general election poll with Reuters suggests that right now Kennedy is getting eighteen percent of the vote. That's a pretty large share. That would be roughly wow. Perot in ninety two. Right. It doesn't to me either. I think no. you're, you're, there's very it's very possible that what you're saying is true. That in such a divided country, which we weren't in ninety two, I think that's why Perot was able to carry so much. That you would see people kind of go to their corners a little bit more toward the general. Let me throw this out there, though. When you look at individual states, like first of all, Trump is doing very, very well in swing states right now. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of strange because it's not all of the ones you'd think. Like in Pennsylvania, he's doing okay, but he's not doing great. Yeah. I mean, it's within striking distance. But Biden is still generally winning Pennsylvania in the polls. But he's doing really well. Trump is doing really well in states like Georgia, in states like Nevada, and Michigan. 
I don't know what it is about Michigan, but he continues to poll in every poll very well in Michigan. Man, that's the one that I, makes me go, ugh. I know, because of Detroit. But when, Well, when, I, being ahead. that I'm here in, in Michigan, I'll tell you that. We have a governor, and you, you may have heard of her, uh, <laughs> Gretchen Whitmer. They always do the internal polling. What if she was on the ballot and not Biden? And in Michigan, she polls very well, which kind of scares me. But what you see in places like here in uh, really blue states is they all try to deflect the uh, praise that may be coming towards them as politicians towards Joe Biden. They are unified because they understand that, oh, if, if anything happens, if Joe Biden was involved or not involved or maybe not even aware of any involvement from the federal government, they'll still give him full credit for it. So they're doing everything they can to try to brush off their popularity inside of the state in order to try to pump up Joe Biden. So I think like in Michigan, when you see things like that, that's what's happening. I, it's it's basically you have a most people that would normally vote Democrat but hate Joe Biden. They kind of have the runoff effect from uh, Gretchen Whitmer that's that's carrying them in a situation like that. Interesting. So you've probably seen this poll, you know, being in, in Michigan, Detroit News, Michigan, Trump versus Biden. Trump would win by eight points. But if you add in yeah. Trump versus Biden versus Mansion, Stein and this Mapstead guy or girl, I actually didn't have any idea. Who this it's a guy, Lars. Is. Is I had to look it up. Lars, Lars? Mapstead. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I kind of like that's this. That's a good name. President Lars. That's the subject of tomorrow's poll. Will you vote for Lars Mapstead? Uh, <laughs> the polling does change when you add in all those third party candidates, though. It goes from Trump plus eight to Trump plus 11. When, you, when you're looking at the Detroit News poll, when you talk about Nevada, Trump versus Biden head-to-head, Trump plus two. Nevada, you add all of those other candidates, it goes to Trump plus three. So it's not always dramatic. <clears throat> but the reason I'm bringing all this up is to get to this article from Reuters that came out today that says that Biden allies are plotting to thwart third-party bids that threaten his reelection. Yeah. So they yeah, have no labels nonprofit was in the news too, trying to make sure that their third parties get on the ballot and they're not thwarted. That's exactly what this says. Worried that third party bids from a centrist group called no labels and the way Reuters phrases this anti-vaccine activist, which, by the way, if you ever <laughs> see this guy in an interview, that's one of the subjects that's going to come up. That's fair. But he's not anti-vaccine. He is anti the quickness with which the COVID vaccine was rushed to market. That is it. Uh-huh. And he says it over and over and over. Yet Reuters doing deep homework here. Anti-vaccine <laughs> activist Robert <laughs> F. Kennedy Jr. It says they could siphon off votes from Biden. And that's why I read all those polls in key states like Pennsylvania, Michigan and Arizona. American Bridge is this activist <clears throat> organization. They have hired prominent election attorney Mark Elias, who you've heard his name before, to help thwart these outsider bids, among many other things. Now, the question that I wanted to pose to you, Ryan and Brad, is this is the party of defend democracy. Does this fly in the face? And an honest question, because you could say, no, this is just part of the strategy. Does this fly in the face of the party that it supports democracy to try to keep as many candidates off the ballot as possible using legal loopholes? Ooh, I, I'm going to say, you go first? yeah, it absolutely does. Let I mean, the whole we're here to defend democracy by giving you one choice. You like you can vote for whoever you want as long as it's Joe Biden. It's kind of the Democrat line. We're defending democracy, and if you don't vote for this guy, like the party, if if given the opportunity, if they could wave a magic wand and remove everybody from the ballot and just leave Joe Biden, 
they would 100% do it. It's not about democracy. It's not about any of that. It's about winning. And that's it. It's the same reason that they're trying to keep other people off. You know, what yeah, they want. I w- go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, go ahead, Brent. They just want to keep Trump off the ballot. They want to win. That's it. Yeah, I think that's what it. <sighs> This is what I would normally say. I would say there's a reason why there's a threshold of what you need to do in order to get your name on a ballot. A lot of states have a certain amount of signatures or you have to poll a certain way in the party in order to stay on the primary, whatever it may be. But when you go deeper and say that the leading candidate of the opposing party is not allowed to show up on a ballot, then it goes to show you that their motives are something else. And I do think it's coordinated. I do think they've been trying to lay the groundwork for this for the last couple of years. Ever since, you know, January 6th, they have been uh, yelling insurrection over and over again into a moment like this where you can look back at it and say, well, it's obvious. Haven't you seen our reporting? He's a known insurrectionist. And I think that they continue to use that line and they knew they were going to use that strategy from the beginning in order to try to make this 14th Amendment claim, even if it wasn't a valid claim, but they knew it would be something that would get caught up in the courts or maybe stumble or make it difficult for an opponent to get back onto the ballot. I don't think it's a pure motivation for them. I do think it was calculated. And that's why I would say that, yes, they are trying to stifle democracy by doing it. Well, I'll just add before we get to the top of the hour here that I think this is a fine strategy. I don't really see anything wrong with the strategy that they're using to keep uh, other candidates that would keep your candidate from winning. It's just that you can't bill yourself as so right. pro-democracy right. and then do this. You, you have to say, look, we, we support the republic the way it is. We want them to follow the law. And then leave it there and don't try to keep, yeah. especially your biggest candidate, Donald Trump, off the, the off the ballot. That's so hypocritical. Yeah. I realize I haven't given my predictions yet for New Hampshire. I really kind of missed the ball in doing predictions. I did them for the midterms and did pretty well. Uh, sorry, not the midterms, the like off-year midterms that we just had in November, if you recall that. So I did pretty well on those, but I forgot to do my predictions for Iowa. I'm going to give you New Hampshire now. Okay. So I'll be on the record so we can come back next week and see how I did, okay? So I'm going to say right now that Trump is still going to win New Hampshire. I don't know that that's a real bold prediction. I think most people are probably expecting that he will. But here's my numbers prediction. DeSantis is not going to show real big in New Hampshire. Again, not a huge bold prediction there. Haley will get second, but she will lose to Trump by about 15 points. She will declare that then a victory for her and then say, well, now we know for sure it's a two-person race regardless. Uh, now, if DeSantis somehow beats Nikki Haley, it's, it's over, over for her. And then DeSantis will have renewed energy. But neither one of them are going to beat Trump. I mean, Trump has this thing locked up already. I know a lot of people get mad when you say that because they want it to be somebody else other than Trump, some some Republicans do. But I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, if the guy gets over 50% in New Hampshire, then it will be over. But we'll see. Uh, I do believe that he will win pretty easily, though. I'm saying 15 points. So there's my prediction. See how I do. We'll come back next week, and we'll come back next hour, in fact, and talk more about these things. Trisha's going to come in, even though old Roy is out today. Trisha will be in, and then we're going to talk to Pacific Legal about some of these big cases at the Supreme Court right now. The big headline is, the Supreme Court may gut the administrative state. We'll find out just what that means and if that's true at the end of the show. Stick around. 
Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.